As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Correct your incorrect thoughts about money so you can find your path to financial literacy and stability. Welcome to The Dollar Diva with Debbie, hosted by Debbie Bloyd. Learn all about money and how you can go about your finances the correct way. Debbie makes complicated financial issues easy and will help you to be financially successful. Join us now on The Dollar Diva with Debbie. Hi, this is Debbie and welcome back to the show. How are we supposed to keep our emotions in check when it comes to our finances? That's difficult when the news channels are on a 24-hour cycle. It comes to our phone. It's on our computers at the office. It's everywhere. The internet has made the cycle hard to get away from. So I'm telling you, put your phones down. Quit watching the national news. I mean, just it's depressing. It's hard to handle and it's going to scare you. And I don't want you to be scared when it comes to your money and your finances. Emotions can take over and the negative effects that it has on our retirement and our finances is great. Because once you understand what triggers you to make those calls to me saying, Debbie, the market is down. I need to take the money out now. I need to move the money now. I'm not paying attention to that on a daily basis. I can't. I have to keep looking out for you for the long term. So let's talk about how headlines are going to lead you down the wrong path. Psychologically, it's hard for the human brain to take bad news and not do anything with it. So you're going to call your friend, you're going to call your advisor, you're going to call somebody and start doing some talking. The average investor has underperformed major market indexes, often because emotional reactions and trying to time the market. Now, my advice is when the market goes down, you're not taking money out, you're actually putting money in. It's like going to Macy's with a sale, 75% off, 25% off. You're going to buy some stuff, right? We should be doing the same thing when it comes to our finances. Investors can help themselves avoid emotional reactions by relying on several key investment principles and working side by side with an investment advisor. One thing you can do is maintain your discipline and avoid overreacting to the news headlines. Now that you know more about the media coverage of the market events, it's going to push your buttons. You have to prepare to maintain your discipline and avoid making rash investment decisions. So here are the few principles that can help. Tune out the noise from the financial news media and don't take any action in response to the news events without first consulting someone like me, your financial advisor. Number two, stick with investments for the long term to help achieve long term goals. Now, if you're a day trader, I'm not talking to you. If you're putting the money in, taking it out tomorrow or doing it the same day, this doesn't apply to you. 
This is my long term. I'm 53. I'm not going to retire until my 70s. I'm a long term investor. And most of my other clients are long term investors too. Help lessen the impact of market fluctuations by maintaining a diversified portfolio with your investment advisor. Now, not everybody does this. Some people don't even know what they're invested in. So give me a call. Let me give you my number. It's 979-220-3018. If you have a 401k that you've had forever, I restructure those too. I help you rebalance those and look at what you're in. A lot of times that money is sitting there for 10, 12 years and you haven't looked at it. Neither has anybody else. We need to stop that and take advantage of the markets. Take advantage of the opportunities to invest when others react. And that's what I just said. Make sure you're investing when you're supposed to, not when you're scared. Now, staying invested is the key for success. To make the most out of market opportunities, it's best to look at the S&P 500 index going back to 1929. Wow. Annualized overall negative returns become much less likely when you stay invested for a 10-year or 20-year periods. A balanced portfolio offers significant potential value. So if you avoid the temptation to trade in or out of the market and stay invested in a balanced portfolio based on long-term goals that you make with your advisor, the better you're going to be over time. I have a lot of people that want to jump out of the market all the time, and then they would have missed going back up in the market. Portfolio performance suffers from individual investors because you get in and get out, get in and get out. Long-term, we got to talk about long-term goals. Reacting and trying to take your market timing takes a toll on your money. You're going to get less money because you're going to realize that taking your money out, maybe you didn't go all the way down, but you didn't get the kick back up either. So you missed that whole market gain. You never really realize the loss until you cash out. It's kind of like your house. The market can fluctuate on a daily basis, higher or lower, uh, even years at a time. But if you're not going to sell your house, what does it matter? We're going to wait on when we're going to sell this stuff. There's a neurological connection. The same part of your brain that regulates your emotions is also used when you make decisions. So because of that, it's very easy for your emotions to take over, especially in stressful situations. Remember, remain calm, call your advisor, and if you can't reach your advisor or they don't call you back, contact me. My name is Debbie Bloyd. I've been on the radio with you for over 10 years now, and I've been investing your money and doing mortgages for you and watching after your finances for a long time. Let me help explain what's going on in the market for you. All right, easy enough. My email address is debbie at moneystrategieswithdebbie.com and my direct phone number is 979-220-3018. And we'll be back with more in just a moment. Brad, you have your own financial company, but tell me a little bit more about your background. Well, I've been in the financial services for 33 years uh, this January, and for the last 20 have operated Brad Williams Financial Services, which is a firm that caters to the needs of retirees and pre-retirees. I help people transition from the workforce to retirement. All right, Brad, in your practice, what are you seeing? Are people noticing that they're living longer. I've noticed that seems to be a catch for a lot of people. They don't realize that they have to 
project some of these income now out to in their 90s. That is correct. And that's a main thing. You've got to, they may be in good shape right now, but they've got to factor in inflation, healthcare costs. There's a lot of variables that go into income planning, and it's not a cookie cutter approach. So it, it requires a, a unique plan for each individual. Of course. Now, when you talk to clients, you kind of have to work through all this with them. And how many of your clients have really thought about all this stuff when they actually come to you to start with? Probably not a lot. A good many have, but not enough. A lot of them have an unsettled feeling in their stomach that they know they need to do something different, that their working career is coming to the end. And I look at things in terms of you've got two stages of life, the accumulation stage and the distribution stage. And I draw my board a mountain and I share with them, your accumulation stage is almost like climbing a mountain. Right. You're building up, you're adding assets, you get to the top, you need to retool because you're getting ready to go down and the downside of the mountain is the distribution stage. And most people don't realize that most deaths that happen on mountain climbs are on the way down, not on the way up. And so it's key to look at things in that perspective so that uh, you don't run out of money before you run out of life. Right, right. Now, with the stock market doing what it has in the past week or so, what is your take on that? And how can we protect ourselves from freaking out every time the stock market does something? Because it's going to keep doing that. This is the normal, right? To have it freak out. Yes, it is. And the stock market has repeatable, predictable patterns. You may not be able to predict them in the short term, but you can predict the trends. A typical full stock market cycle is about 35 years. You've got a secular bear market and a secular bull market. Like I said, it takes about 35 years to get through a full cycle. But the key is, is knowing where you are in the cycle. And the last two weeks, I have gotten very little phone calls from my clients based on the turbulence because their position. It's when you're in the accumulation stage, you've got time working for you so you can take risk. As you're in the distribution stage, you can't take risk because if you're withdrawing from your accounts and you're going through down cycles, and you're not replacing what you're taking out, then you're going to end up like a 30-year mortgage. When you think about a 30-year mortgage, most of the first payment is interest, right. a little bit of principal. But eventually, it gets down to where most of it, if not all of it, toward the end is principal. And so if you look at retirement as a mortgage in reverse, then you've got to be careful that you're taking dividends, interest, and guaranteed income sources from your accounts and not selling in a down market. If you're taking required minimum distributions, then you need to make sure you're doing it from dividends and income and not for principal. Because once we spend our principal, then we're out of principal. We don't have any more. That's exactly right. And that's the mortgage analogy that I like to share with people because they can put their arms around that. Right, and they right. Can, oh, yeah, I understand that. So the problem with most financial advisors is they're oriented toward the growth side. And a lot of them do a great job doing the growth side. But... The tools that they have are not really oriented toward the distribution side. Because when I look at a lot of portfolios and people come in and they say, yeah, we've got stocks and bonds. And I look at what they have and their bond portfolio is all in bond mutual funds. Well, there's a lot of problems with that in that you don't own the bond in a bond mutual fund. The bond fund does. Right. You lose the two biggest guarantees a bond owner has, which is return of your principal on maturity and a guaranteed contractual interest rate. So what I show people is how to build, how we can build portfolios for them of interest and dividends to provide the income. And then they can have some growth in there. They can have some risk, but it needs to be pared down once they retire versus what they're doing. 
don't just think, Brad, when people age, I know some of my clients, they don't want to think about anything going wrong or them getting sick. They have no idea how expensive the medical side of their retirement is going to be. You're exactly right, because they are going to be astounded when you look at the expected lifetime expenditures for health care, and they're only going up. It could eat up $200,000, $250,000 of money over a 25-, 30-year retirement. And most people don't have that kind of cushion. They would rather not spend it on medical. They would probably rather have got a long-term care policy to help with that and leave more money to their family or a charity or anything rather than spend it. That's right. And if you're in the financial services industry, you know, there's been a lot of changes in the long-term care arena. So you've got to be real careful which route you take there. And then you've got some clients who can reasonably self-insure. And so that's an option. But setting it up properly, setting the expectations that you've got to have these things in your budget. You've got to predict them. Right, uh, right. Whether you use them or not, you've got to have that in the plan. And I share with people, when you look at your retirement, it's, it's almost like three phases. You've got your go-go years, your slow-go years, and your no-go years. Gee, I like that. <laughs> Right when you first retire, maybe from, say, 65 to 75, where you've got money and you're feeling good and you're enjoying trips by yourselves or with the family, you're just enjoying retirement. And then somewhere around 75 or so, you start, don't want to deal with the airports anymore. I've seen what I want to see. And so maybe the trips are shorter and closer to home. And then once you hit about 85 and the health issues start, those are the no-go years. So you've got to plan for all three phases. All right. So... Brad, what can you tell us about the year that we're going to have this year? I know a lot of people ask me for the mortgage world to kind of predict 2020, and I'm already wrong, because who knew that the Fed would lower rates and we would be in this shape with the coronavirus and everything? Tell me, what is your outlook for this year, for the most part, with the elections and everything going on? Well, I've been telling people to be prepared for the correction, because if we don't have a correction soon, we'll break several Guinness Book records. In that when we have the type of cycle that we've had, there's always three downturns, and we've only had two, one in 2000 to 2003, and then, of course, 2008, 2009. And so we're due for another one. Forgive me for interrupting, but we're due for another one then. Yes, and I think that this coronavirus and several other issues have just been the excuse. There's a lot of money sitting with people who have a hair trigger. They're just right. waiting to see if we're going to have one of those downturns. And one of the issues is when we had the first downturn, we had about $5 trillion in debt, national debt. When we had the second, we had about $9 trillion in national debt. Now we've got over 22. So interest rates are already at historic lows. The 30-year Treasury and the 10-year Treasury are lower than they've ever been. Yeah. So the Federal Reserve doesn't have a whole lot of ammo if we go into a recession. There's a lot. Look at China. I think what a lot of people found is that Maybe we don't need to be so dependent on China because when you look at supply logistical chains that are being shut down because people can't get stuff out of China safely, right? It, that's why they're looking for a global economic issues is because people don't have the raw materials to build stuff. Right. So we need to be looking at alternatives to that. So there's a lot of issues that could cause a downturn, and this downturn could be pretty hard. Plus, we haven't hit single digits in price-earnings ratio. And, you know, there's a couple other issues. So my clients are, are prepared for that. And we look at their risk investments, their stock market investments as being down the road. So we plan that out. Too many people think that they got everything in mutual funds and bond funds and that they're well diversified, so they're going to make it through it. But you look at most of those mutual funds and you look at the top holdings in them, and many of them have the same 
you're not diversified at all. So there's a lot of things. Investing for income, I always say, want a retirement that's stress-free, invest for the I and not for the G. Because total return is income plus growth. Income is steady. Growth can come and can go. So when you do that, what is your recommendation? It's not really mutual funds and it's stocks. Well, looking at things, preferred stocks, individually held bonds, managed portfolio of income generating securities. Annuities can be a part of that. I think too many times when you talk about guaranteed income, many financial advisors just automatically revert to an annuity that provides you a set income for life or an income rider or something like that. Those can be valuable tools, but that's not the only thing out there. Right. Maybe you should answer this question for me, Brad. How do we know we have the right financial advisor? What are the some of the questions? Because, you know, a lot of people, they will go to somebody that their neighbor uses or a friend or somebody's kid. And how do we know that they really know what they're talking about? Well, there's a couple key questions you can ask them. Now, obviously, if you're 40 years old, you got time and you can take risk. So those aren't the people I'm speaking to. The people that I'm speaking to right now are those who are, say, 60 and up getting ready to retire, uh, asking, especially if they're getting close to 72, which is the new required minimum age with the SECURE Act, Right. asking their advisor, all right, my required minimums are coming up at age 72. How are we going to take those? And if he says, well, we'll just sell the necessary shares to take that amount out and we'll be good to go, then you need to run. Another thing is when you say, I think I want to make my portfolio more conservative. And then all of a sudden you find you've gone from a 70-30 stock bond fund to a 60-40 or a 50-50 stock bond fund. And all he's done is moved you into bond funds and he hasn't gotten you into individual income securities. That's another signal that maybe you're not dealing with a distribution advisor, you're dealing with a growth advisor. Got it. Got it. Brad, how do we find out more information about you and can you help us no matter where we are in the United States? The answer is yes, I can. If you've got a financial question, you just ask bradwilliams.com and I'd be happy to answer whatever questions somebody wants to throw at me. Got it. Okay, well thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Okay, it's been a pleasure. Let's talk a little bit about long-term care. You know, I've got some old interviews that I've done and I was going to replay. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give you some new material because stats keep changing on long-term care. Baby boomer generation and the cost of health care are continually rising. And the issue is long-term care. It's of major importance to both consumers and our legislative bodies that help make up the laws. Some individuals are able to rely on friends and family in the event they need to extended care and help with activities of daily living. Many others do not or will not have a support system. These individuals must determine how they're going to live and meet the potential need for long-term care and how they will fund this costly and extended home health services, assisted living, or potential stay in a nursing facility. This is really important when we talk about aging because I had one client, she goes, Debbie, I don't want to talk anymore about long-term care. I am going to die healthy. And that's just not going to happen. There's very few people pass away in their sleep without any assistance. So hospice, stroke, falls, hospital stays, rehab, all these things happen. And we need to plan for those. We need to talk about long-term care insurance and how it's changed over the last 40 years. Long-term care insurance has expanded from simple nursing home coverage 
to covered care in assisted living facilities to now an individual's own home. Policies have become much more broad-based, and now they offer more benefits than ever before. And at the same time, they have also become more complex. And their comparison, it's sometimes hard. You've got to look at, do you think you're going to be in a facility or want to stay at home? How much care do you need? Today, a consumer really needs to be knowledgeable. And I really try to help people by helping them even go around and tour these facilities here that we have in town and look at the cost of long-term care. Long-term care is super expensive if you plan on paying for it yourself, but you have to define the need for long-term care. So these are all the kinds of things that long-term care encompasses. Conditions that may lead for the need for long-term care include disability, mental decline or illness, AIDS, stroke, or simple frailty. The need for long-term care is primarily measured by assessing limitations and performing the regular task of daily living. And those are including like dressing, eating what you can do for yourself around your house. So you're assessed this by a doctor or a home health care company, and that's how you get your policy. But there's a lot of different policies that are out there. Some are older policies that actually have 90 to 120 day waiting periods. That means before the policy kicks in, the family would have to pay for those three months or six months out of pocket before the policies even started. My policy, I think, has 30 days where I pay in case something happens. And then the activities of daily living that we were talking about, eating, bathing, dressing, toileting, maintaining continence, and transferring. So there are things that are also included, but it's not the daily living things. So sometimes they can't use the phone or they can't hear or what happens when you call these home health care companies. They can do a lot of this for you. They can help you with meals. They can help you do light housework. They can help you manage money, pay bills. They can do some basic things. Who needs long-term care? Well, it's the number, let me tell you, 70% of individuals over the age of 65 will require some type of long-term care services during their lifetime. Over 40% who will need care in a nursing home for some period of time. So are you the 60 or the 40? We're not sure, but I want to make sure you're covered. Marital status, single people are more likely to need medical care from a paid provider because they don't have anyone else to help them. Lifestyle, if you have poor diet and exercise habits, that can increase the long-term care risk. Family history, if your family history has a lot of health problems and needs medical assistance now and you are very similar to them, what makes you think you're going to be any different? So I would say, you know, look at your family and they're like, well, my mother died in her 90s. Okay, well, that goes to longevity for you. So you may live to 90s too. Can you do that? Care can now be delivered in home. It can be delivered at adult foster care systems. It could be board and care homes. There's a living facility I toured where the people live in a neighborhood. They live in a house and they've really converted all the bedrooms and expanded the house to house like 12 people who live there independently in a home together. And then there's going to be our continuing care retirement communities of which I interview here on the show all the time. It's important to know the high cost of care and planning for long-term care. So you might want to go tour some of these facilities. And I know nobody wants to do that until they're forced to. And that's sometimes the scariest part when mom takes a fall, they're not going to let her out of the hospital unless she has around-the-clock care and you have to shop for it really fast. So that seems to be stressful for families. So I would say, you might want to look at that sooner rather than later. A lot of people self-fund for long-term care, and that means that they're going to pay for it themselves. 
The problem with that is you can run out of money. The annual cost today, let's say you had home health aid services five days a week. That could cost you almost $40,000 a year. If that happens in 10 years, you could be up to $50,000. If you go up to 15 years, you're at $60,000. And in 20 years, I'm not for sure how we're going to know how much that is. But it's going to be considerably more than it is today. In an assisted living facility, the costs range from today at $50,000 a year all the way up to $80,000, depending on the part of the country that you're needing assisted living. And private room nursing homes cost in the hundreds of thousands. So you could have a $100,000 bill for the year. And in 10 years, it could cost you that same room $200,000. So again, what part of the country? The big debate is, does Medicare cover it? No, it does not cover it. You're going to need long-term care, self-funded, or you're going to have to deplete all your assets and use Medicaid. So again, there's a lot of problems with just doing this ourselves. We can always run out of money. I know a lot of people that use annuities for funding long-term care, and that is an appropriate way to have a vehicle fund a long-term care for a number of reasons. Annuities are designed to accumulate a sum of money for a future point in time, and then they distribute those funds systematically over the life of the annuitant or any time period. So you can actually start an annuity now, And then not need it until your 70s when you hit time to need assisted living or you need someone to come into your house. And that annuity can actually fund that care. So it's also a tax deferral. One of the advantages of using an annuity as a way to accumulate funds for long-term care is a tax deferral. As the funds accumulate on the contract, they are credited with interest earnings declared by the insurer and they grow in relation to the performance of the underlying stock or bonds in which they're deposited. Under any annuity, earnings and growth are not subject to income tax until the funds are withdrawn. So they grow interest only, I mean, interest free until the end. You don't pay interest till you take it out. You don't pay tax on it till you take it out. So this is a great way to fund long-term care. And again, there are now riders. I have a policy. Life insurance also funds long-term care. I have a policy that is kind of cool. It does uh, several things. It is a life insurance policy. Uh, In case I'm hit by a truck or die of a heart attack, it pays my children whatever the value of it that I have is upon my death. But if I don't die that way, I get to use it for long-term care or chronic illness rider. And so it's a multiple policy. It's called a hybrid. And there's only a couple companies out there that make them. Call me. I would love to explain it to you, give you the information. That way I feel like I've doubled down, okay? I'm going to get my money back one way or the other. Either I'm going to die and the policy will pay off or I will need it and the policy will pay off. So again, a lot of these policies, you need to look at what people bought years ago. I saw a really sad story, a couple over in Huntsville that had bought a long-term care policy and they'd have to pay the first 90 days themselves. They don't have the cash to pay the first 90 days, so they can't use the policy. Policy has been paid off for years. They do not have a way to come up with, they don't like their options, I should say. They have a way. They don't like their options of how to come up with the money to pay the first 90 days. So the husband will not be able to get assisted help at the house and he desperately needs it. So again, look at these policies before you get too old. Make sure they don't need updated. A lot of times we just roll them over into something more current if there's not a surrender value or not. I'm trying to put you in a better position. I'm not trying to make you pay taxes early or penalties, but we do need to make sure that you're covered and you have enough in case you live into your hundreds 
And a lot of people are living into their 90s now. So, you know, that's just right around the corner. If you have questions, the website you can find me on is Money Strategies with Debbie or everywhere on social media, DLB Mortgage Services on Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, I'm under Debbie Bloyd or Money Strategies with Debbie. My direct phone number is 979-220-3018. If you have questions, please give me a call. I'll be happy to meet with you, talk on the phone. We FaceTime, we Zoom call, we do all kinds of things now, and we even meet up in person. Thank you for listening to The Dollar Diva with Debbie. If you've enjoyed the show and found it helpful, visit us at moneystrategieswithdebbie.com and leave us a review or share us with your friends. You can also access the show notes and additional resources. We hope you could join us again next time for another insightful episode about money here on The Dollar Diva with Debbie. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.